Well, this is episode 208. Unbelievable. This is um, season five. That's incredible, man. I tell you what, the time is just rolling. Now we are uh, going live on um, on YouTube and it looks like we're live on YouTube. So if you guys want to see the show live, you can always go to YouTube and watch our show live. Anyway, this is going to be a really fun, fun, fun show. And um, apparently, uh, hey, I got a couple of things that are beeping on my side. Can you hear it or is it like muted? Yeah, it's muted. Yeah. Oh, beep. A couple of beeps here and there. All right. So anyways, uh, my name is Sean Simons, also known as PPG Grandpa. Uh, this is uh, Clear Prop TV. This is a nonprofit, uh, Run Into the Sky nonprofit organization. And this is also our nonprofit podcast, which is really cool. Uh, tonight we have Dale with me. He is a student over here at Run to the Sky. He's going to be here for Monday through Wednesday of this week. So he just wants to kick back and chill. He's probably he he doesn't like um, to be on the internet. He doesn't like to be you know his face out there. But guess what? Now millions of people are watching. You're not really. It's just it's just us. It's okay. just us. Sorry. But uh, anyway, uh, I, this would be a great time to introduce everybody. So, Scuba Steve, welcome to the show. Glad that you're here, buddy. Hey, what's going on? There we go. I was trying to find, I couldn't remember my own name there for a minute. <laughs> what is your name? Well, no, you know, remember I told you um, I changed my website to paramotoroutlaw.com. Oh, yeah, outlaw. And now Bill H is now PPG Outlaw. Oh, oh. Yeah. You might be in your territory there, Scuba. Now, you know what? Hey, the more the merrier. We could have outlaw number one, two, three, four, nine. I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. We'll all be outlaws before too long. I was, I was wondering who that was when I saw it in the chat. Yeah, I was like, like wow. I thought that was you in there. I'm like, why would you be have yourself in the chat? <laughs> right? You know, just my name I was around. like all confused. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll all be... Oh, I just heard myself talk again. Not only to hear myself again, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I do a show every Friday, 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time. Y'all come check it out. We just have fun on there. I mean, I know I talk about vaping and paramotors, but we usually just, like last Friday, we talked about literally everything, including marriage, which got rough. So, yeah, I'm going to just bypass that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, glad, glad that you're here, Scoot Steve, and uh, I'll never remember that .com. I'll just remember Paramotor Dude, so I'm, 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 I'm messed up for life. I'm sorry. Uh, we also got our very own Linda Anderson with the pom-pom, so you are on mute, so make sure you unmute and pom-pom. Yay. Hi, everybody. Welcome Monday night. Welcome chatters, viewers, listeners, all, everybody out there tonight on Monday night. The only place to be is right here with all of us, and we got a great show coming at you. So uh, make sure that y'all get relaxed, grab those snackies, and um, yeah, enjoy. It's going to be a good show. Welcome. It's going to be a great show because we do have Ryan Rides. He's going to be talking about drones tonight, and uh, this is going to be really awesome. We also got Will Fly from Will Fly PPG. What's up, buddy? Good to see you, man. It's been a minute. Been a minute? Yeah, it has. What, since last week? I can't believe it's Monday already again. I know. It just goes by hey. so quick. Yeah, seriously, this winter has just flown by, and I haven't been flying as much, but uh, yeah, good to be here. You can check out uh, my videos on YouTube, search for Will Fly, or you can go to willflyppg.com, take you right there. Dot com, and we also got our very own Jim from Canada, eh? The only guy I know that has maple syrup smelling money. People want to smell his money, and then his money disappears. 
<laughs> How you doing, Jim? I'm doing well, and yourself? Not too bad. Um, I went to Kansas uh, yesterday and flew. I came down here and flew today. Have a blast. I love flying. Awesome. I have. I went flying the other day. So awesome. my first time this year, it was really quite nice. I did some pylon racing. I uh, I slid on the ice for a ways. And yeah, it was it was a good experience. I love it as in a up. foot drag or you slid as in you crash slid. <laughs> I there was a an ice a snowmobile ice track for snowmobile racing and so I I went around the ice track on my feet. Oh okay, pushed. cool. Yeah, that it was sounds really like a lot of cool. fun. <laughs> it was it was definitely heart going hard. <laughs> Well, yeah. I'm glad that you had a good time. You're also our official sponsor. Uh, you run Care PP, which is Care Printing and Publishing. Tell us a little bit about that and that little QR code. And I hear something about I'm worth 10%. Yeah, you'll never believe this, but PPG Grandpa is worth 10%. If you give us a call, we'll knock 10% off your bill if you mention the show. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate it. Uh, you can get some really good calendars from uh, from Jim. Uh, get up with, is it ppgcalendar.com or is it paramotorcalendar.com? ppgcalendar.com. Okay, so you can go ppgcalendar.com, check out the calendars. He makes them for us and we definitely appreciate it. But tonight is not about me. Tonight is not about the panel. Tonight is all about Ryan Rides, which is also on the panel. So uh, tonight, uh, Ryan is going to talk to us about his really cool drone shows that he does uh, more in depth because, you know, a lot of people have been asking, it's like, so you've been doing drone shows. What does that entail? And he tells us about it every once in a while. But this show is dedicated to Ryan and his drone show. Dude, welcome to the show, as always. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good, good to see you here like you are every week. That's awesome. But now you're a guest. That's cool. So uh, just so everybody knows, and I'm sure they do, but just in case they don't, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into paramotoring, and then how did you get into drones? All right. Well, those are very complex questions. Um, I have very long stories for those, but I'll try and keep them abbreviated for uh, for the purposes here. Um, the drones, uh, I got into, I was at the time I was, uh, very much into photography and, uh, it was quite early on in the, uh, the drone world when, when drones were really starting to get a foothold in, um, more, uh, in, in the photography world and in, uh, the general populace being able to purchase them. I was during the the phantom phase of the of the drone world when things were really starting to kick off and become readily available. So uh, I saved up a bunch of money and uh, spent about twelve hundred dollars, got myself a phantom, and uh, started using the drone for photography purposes. Um, I want to say it was probably about eight to twelve months after I got into it is when the FAA clamp started clamping down and started requiring licensing. Um, I put that on hold for a little while and, uh, focused on the photography aspect instead of the drones. And, uh, eventually I circled back to it and decided, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I might as well spend the money and, uh, get my license and started studying, got my license and, uh, just never looked back. It's just been full steam ahead. I incorporated it into my photography business. I was working for a, a local studio at the time, 
that uh, culminated into creating a, a drone division at the studio. And uh, they uh, were basically relying on me to do all of their drone work uh, for, for doing school groups and such. Uh, it was a, a, a local studio that does school photos. So all of the, when you, when you take 300 kids and you bring them together, it's really hard to get a shot of them without being either on a roof or in the air. So uh, traditionally we used to do, uh, we used to climb up on a school roof and get a picture of everybody, but because of liability becoming an issue, the drones just made more sense. So we ended up going that route. Um, and then as for paramotoring, um, I was, uh, I stumbled across it, it as, you know, it seems to be typical in the industry. I stumbled across a Tucker video and, uh, I was, um, watching his videos very closely. And one day I, I said, you know what, I want to figure out, because he, he kept talking about Jersey and this and that. I live in Eastern PA and I drive into Jersey all the time. I used to drive into Jersey all the time for work. So what I did is I started trying to figure out where he was. And very quickly, I figured out where the field was that he flew from. And uh, I was headed out to a job uh, in, in Western New Jersey and uh, I found the field, and then on my way back, I saw a wing pop up in that field, and I was like, oh, I've, he's there. I've got to go. So I went back to the shop, did, did what I needed to do, and immediately raced back 20 minutes to the, to the field, and I ended up catching him and Jeff Chorba, and uh, I got to talk to them briefly and, uh, and watch him and some of his buddies fly around and I was just, I was in awe and I was like, I, I this is something I've got to do. So, um, I, I got Jeff's contact info and, uh, bless his heart. He, uh, reached back out to me a couple of weeks later. He said, Hey, we're going to be flying. If you want to come out. And I asked him, I said, Hey, can I bring my drone? And I ended up bringing my drone. Uh, I have a, an Inspire 2, which is a very large drone. It's a cinema drone that they used for filming commercials and movies. And that, I ended up bringing it is out. That, is that kind of expensive or is that like a couple hundred bucks? Yeah, it's when, uh, when they first came out, they were around six or $7,000. Um, and, uh, I had, I had probably about 5,000 invested in that, uh, on top of the cost of what I paid for it used, which was only a few thousand dollars, but I, but, uh, I invested additional peripherals to it that brought it back up to the $6,000 range. But, um, you know, Jeff and Jeff Chorba, the late Jeff Chorba, uh, Tucker and some of the, the local guys were there and they were flying around and I got some awesome footage of it, sent it off to Tucker and he ended up using it in a video. And before I left, I ended up talking to some of the local guys and they're like, hey, there's an airport out in PA that is local to you that we fly out of on a regular basis. They said, if you want to come out, by all means, you, you're more than welcome to come out. And I kept into the group conversation that they had and just started talking to them and learning as much as I could. And, uh, you know, next thing I know, I'm kiting wings and talking to Dan Moss and hanging out with the rest of that, that group. And there's, you know, there's, I think there's about a dozen of us over there now um, that, that flies on the eastern side of PA. And uh, yeah, we, I, I just, I, I relied on my 
my uh, my friends to get help me learn as much as I could about it. And eventually, about a year and a half later, I took my first flight, and it was I I never looked back. I've just been flying ever since. I couldn't get enough of it. So sounds like you got the bug. Oh, hardcore. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think pretty much everybody gets that bug. Mm -hmm. So, what what uh, got you going from paramotors to uh, to drone shows? Now, what is a drone show opposed to just you know um, videoing uh, with using a drone? What's the difference? Okay, so typically with drones, uh, you're thinking one drone in the air with a camera taking video of we'll just say a, a, an fpv drone that uh, that chases a paramotor pilot around which i'm sure we've all seen at this point at some point um what i do is on the opposite end of the spectrum i fly a multitude of drones a fleet of drones uh at the same time instead of just one i'm in in my case i'm i'm flying between 75 and 100 drones at a time and what that allows me to do is these drones are specifically made for these drone shows. They, they go up at night, you know, they fly specifically at night because the bottom of the drone has a light pack, an LED light pack on it. And that light pack uh, enables me to create designs in the sky or, or figures. Uh, think, think of each drone as like a pixel. Um, so I'm basically making drawings with, uh, pixels, individual pixels, individual drones. And what that does is I can create pictures. Give me a second. I'm going to pull up a picture here quick. Mm. So the question is, I know how hard it is to fly an actual drone, you know, trying mm -hmm. to look at one drone. How do you fly more than one drone? I mean, I can't imagine flying two or three. How do you fly multiple drones? Like you said, what, 75 and more at a time? Seven, yep, 75 to 100 drones at a time uh, I'm flying. And the way that I do that is through uh, software. It's all, it's very specialized software. Here's a, an aviator logo that I created. Um, this is just a simulator, but uh, this is, I think it was 117 drones to create the aviator logo. Um, so this is just a uh, this was just a for fun project for me. I just wanted to kind of see what it would take and how many drones it would take, and I ended up taking this screenshot and actually sending it to Eric Farewell. So hey, Eric, hit me up. I want to come fly for you. <laughs> um, and what we can do is we can take this and we can animate this, and uh, and you know we can shift from one uh one image to another and tell a story and the nice thing is, is we are able to time all of this to a soundtrack and really tell a story now the parent company of starflight drone shows is celebration fireworks so i'm coming over from doing fireworks for 18 years to doing drone light shows and now what we're doing is we're tying them all together and creating one cohesive show so it's not just hitting beats with with pyro it's hitting beats and throwing an image in the air that creates a mood or tells a story that we want that the uh that the designer wants to tell which in in some cases is me some some cases is the uh the owner of the company chris so um it's it's a very cool medium that uh, is relatively new 
and it's only been around for maybe the last six or eight years and it's becoming extremely popular because fireworks are becoming more taboo because of the noise and the fallout all the, the stuff that is generated by the cardboard and the, the debris that falls to the ground so uh, the drones are an awesome option for uh, for something that's a little more environmentally friendly so anybody can go and uh, find you guys and say hey I want to uh, to have a show um, you, you you do a show so is there a specific amount of time that the drones can be in the air I mean I don't think that you can do like a, a an hour show or can you how, how, how long can you actually do a show and an hour show is possible with multiple fleets. Um, so what you would do is break the show up into groups and each group would have a segment of the, sh of the overall event. And you could, you could launch them at different times. That's very logistically challenging, um, both because of airspace and, uh, timing of things, but it is possible. Uh, we typically will do a single show um, that lasts between 12 and 15 minutes. Uh, we've been we've been trying to push the envelope a little bit and see what our drone our our specific drones are capable of because uh, different drones have different capabilities and obviously battery battery life only allows for a certain amount of time. Um, so we're we're we try and keep it between you know 12 and 15 minutes. And 12 and 15 minutes is only because of battery time. So if we get drones yeah. that have longer battery time, then we can do longer shows. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And you said your fleet's 75, but you want to bring it up a little bit more. What's your, what's your, what's your max that you want to have or, you know, where do you want to be eventually? Well, we're actually, uh, my pilots don't know this yet. And I was planning, I have a meeting with my pilots later this week and, uh, if they're watching, I'm going to ruin it for them. But we have, uh, we, I just got word that uh, we have just ordered 30 more drones. So we will be at 100 drones this year uh, in the next wow. couple months. So I'll be flying 100 drones at a shot. Uh, ultimately, I would love to have 300 to 350 drones um, because that's going to give me the ability to be very creative. Um, throw up multiple images at a time, do more words. Uh, words are a big thing when you've got sponsors that are sponsoring these shows because they're not cheap. They are very expensive. Uh, so typically you get multiple sponsors together to help cover the costs for the event. And that will, um, that will help offset the overall cost for, um, for our sponsors. And uh, what we'll do is will throw their logos up. Um, now, logos, more often than not, will have the company name in them. Lettering takes up very, a lot of le uh, a lot of drones. It takes up, you know, anywhere from eight to twenty drones per letter, depending on the on the style of of lettering that you're doing. So, it can be very simplistic, just a single line for for the uh, the letter, or you can do an outline of the letter and. It all depends on what the logo calls for. So we uh, we try and uh, we try and make our our sponsors happy and and make our make their logos as visible as possible for as long as possible. But uh, we we sacrifice uh, the timing of the show by doing so. So we try and keep it. Um, I try and typically put the logos at the very beginning as we're ascending into the show. 
and that's uh that gives them their their vision their uh their visibility as well as giving uh our client the maximum amount of time for their show their actual entertainment value for their for their dollar so you said the other drone that you had was like six thousand dollars what kind of pricing are on each of these drones that you have are they super expensive or is it like to get from dji or something no the these are very specialized drones they're they're manufactured in italy uh the ones that we we use are uh they're made they're made in italy and they are manufactured uh by a company called kaiken or sorry flyfire they're made by a company called flyfire and uh give me one second i'm gonna show you what they look like here there we go so they come they come 10 in a case and uh they don't have a camera all they do is they they have very accurate gps and they have a, an extraordinarily bright led pack on them and that led pack uh, can be seen for miles and miles and miles um I've actually heard of people four and five miles away being able to see our shows in in the right conditions. So it's uh, it's they're quite impressive, and they can handle wind uh, quite well. I was very surprised uh, they can handle. The manufacturer claims thirty three miles an hour, but I try and keep it under twenty, uh, just for safety's sake. And uh, oops, let me get rid of that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so in terms of cost, I mean, you can't buy just one drone. It's it, you're buying 10 at a shot and, uh, they, they range in price from, uh, 1400 on up to 3,600, depending on brand. So brand, there's, there's, also there's different brands of drones. Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah. So, so, so this is. How many different brands are we talking like two, three, or I mean, uh, I want to say there's at least Five. I know one. There, I know of at least one brand that's made here in the U.S. down in Florida. Um, it's actually one of the ones that I was looking at um, recently when we were looking to upgrade or up, update our fleet. Um, the main reason why we didn't go with them was because of the lead time and uh, because of the, the differences between what we have and what they are capable of doing. They're, they're, they have different, each drone has a different capability. So it's something to, to bear in mind. Like one may have more wind resistance than the other. One may have more output on the lighting, uh, the light pack than, than another. So it's, uh, they're, they're different. They all have different stats and, and in order to keep a show looking like one cohesive piece, you want to keep them as, as you want to keep them the same. So we ended up sticking with our Kikens. Um, okay. So, so you don't want to, to have different brands up there. It's usually I mean, just. You, for... you can, you, you absolutely can do that. Um, as long as you, um, how can I put this? As long as you maintain the lowest common denominator. What I mean by that is if one has only, uh, a 15 mile an hour wind threshold for minimum or maximum wind tolerance then and you've got another drone that has a 35 mile an hour wind tolerance you've got to bring that one down to 15 
and you've got to fly within those to keep them the same, just for safety reasons. You'd want to do that. Okay. Anybody uh, in the on the panel have any questions, or are there any questions in the super chat? And looks like Will is moving as well. Yeah, we have a question in the super chat from Chris Goble Cabelli. How much of an area on the ground do you need to set up for a show? That's actually a really uh, common question, especially with our clients. Um, we get that question quite regularly. And uh, the easy answer is it's all based on uh, the drone the drone fleet size. If you're looking for a 300 fleet, 300 drone fleet, it's going to be very different than a 75 drone fleet or a 100 drone fleet. So for uh, the 100 drone fleet that I'm flying, um, I'm looking at 150 by by 200 foot area. Wow. Um, and that's got to be clear of, of trees and debris and um, obviously power lines, that type of thing. We want, we want to keep it as clear as possible. And the other thing is we want to try and keep, uh, we want to try and keep away from high tension power lines because the, the, the RF, the uh, radio frequency, Electromagnetic uh, field that's generated, the EMF that's generated off of high tension power lines can cause uh, compass issues on the drones and it can cause stability issues. So we try and steer clear of those as much as we can. Does the ground have to be level? Um, we try and keep it as level as possible. Sometimes uh, we I've done shows where, in fact, this past weekend, um, we were in a parking lot and there was, there was a slight pump to the parking lot that we were in that's no big deal um if you're on a you know 15 degree incline it, it could cause problems um i would just adjust my parameters in the software to uh, to account for that uh personally that's the way i would approach that but we try and keep it as as level as possible you know we don't want we don't want severe slopes of any kind that are you know that are that are obvious if we can if we can get a, a flat plane we will take that obviously how close does the launch area have to be to the where you're going to do the show great question um so when okay so a lot of times with fireworks shows i'm, I'm i keep going back to fireworks because that's kind of where my my basis is on uh, most fireworks shows people are like they want to get as close as possible right have those fireworks like surrounding you right complete opposite of what you want for fire for drones drones um you want to be back you want to be as far back as as you know as the venue allows i'm not going to say as possible because there is obviously I, I i've done shows where i'm i'm literally a quarter mile away from where the audience is viewing and you know it it, it causes it can cause uh issues but ideally we want a minimum of three to 500 feet between where we are launching from and the audience. If we have any more, if they're any closer, they're going to be inside of our safety zone. Um, and not only that, they're not going to have a great view. They're going to be looking up and it's, they're going to be looking kind of edge on at the, the imagery. So we try and get people back a little bit so that it looks more uh, the way that the design is, is intended to be viewed. Cause it's more by perspective. Exactly. Is the show so 
you launch and the show happens directly above you? Yes. My, uh, I always tell people I get the worst view of the, of the show uh, because I'm looking directly up at it. It's, uh, I, I wish I had video, but I don't. Um, most of the views I have, it's just a line of drones. It, it's really nothing special. Brian does that just in case one falls out of the sky so he can catch it. That's why he's right up under. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It is a very interesting question, though. Um, uh, real quick, um, if one does fail, does a parachute pop out so it does come down safely, obviously? Uh, secondly, do they have some sort of anti-collision like the DJI and stuff like that, you know, as far as like not colliding with some other obstacle? Okay. Um, so short answer to, to both your questions, no and no. Um, no, they do not have any kind of parachute and uh, no, they do not have any anti-collision sensing. And the reason for that is these drones are imported. So this gets into some really tricky ground. Um, because the drones are imported, if they have any kind of AI or, or auto sensing, um, it automatically falls under something called ITAR. Um, I'm not going to go into what ITAR is. You can look it up online very easily. Um, it has to do with national defense and uh, and weaponry. I'm going to leave it at that. So uh, it was a very big thing with our lawyer when we were getting our waiver um, and when we were applying for our, our waiver with the FAA. And uh, it was, uh, yeah. It, so no, there's there's no sensing, there's no um, there's no uh, emergency parachute or anything like that. So what we do is we have in the software we have the ability to create uh, what's called a geofence, and what it is is it's uh, we have two fences out outside of our operation area, and if the drones for some reason leave the air the operation area, they'll hit the first geofence, and what they're told to do is just stop and hover. And if they continue on beyond that, um, it will hit a secondary fence, which will shut the motors off and they fall to the ground. Mm, there you go. Has that so, ever happened to you? Yes. What? <laughs> I wish I wish I could say no, but yes, it has happened to me. So we is it just a, like a glitch in the matrix and that just starts? We, we had a lot of extenuating circumstances on a particular show that uh, we had compass errors that we weren't aware of. we weren't aware of until they took off and the drones just scattered and uh, we had issues. We we as soon as I saw them starting to scatter, I immediately told the fleet to land and we lost about five or six drones uh, in one night um, and a couple of them hit the fence and literally just shut off and died and they hit the ground. One actually fell about six stories to the ground and, and it looked like a dead crab. Oh. <laughs> it oh. was really sad, but I was able to rebuild it and it is now flying again. So, yeah. I think we should take two seconds so Sean can let everybody know that the person sitting next to him is not John Wayne. Or <laughs> <laughs> This is not John Wayne. This is a student that came in for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. His name is Dale. And, uh, you know, we went, we did a, a great day of training. 
uh, he, he learned that it, uh, you don't want to self-train because there's a lot more involved mm -hmm. than what it looks like on the internet, right? Yeah, like don't let the internet fool you. <laughs> yeah, the internet looks like you just bring it up, turn yeah. around, punch it and go, fly, yeah. do barrel rolls and stuff like that. Big difference. Mm -hmm. Big okay. difference. Oh, there was another question. Um, what yes. kind of LEDs are used on the drones? Because um, they're saying they want to use some on their paramotor, you know. Actually, the drone, the, the the LEDs that we use on the drones are the same ones that come in the light strips that you can get on Amazon. Oh wow! Okay. Um the the LED, the LEDs themselves are the same. Um, the difference is ours are mounted to an actual board, an electronics board. Um, there, I believe they are one. I think they're one watt LEDs, uh, and they're RGB. So we have. The, the LEDs are not, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. The, the LEDs are not RGB. We have an R, G, and B LED sequence on the board to create white. So we have red, green, and blue LEDs, not an RGB LED. So it's not necessarily that the LEDs on the drones you use are brighter. It's because you have them grouped together to produce one light. Yes, exactly. And the uh, the diffuser on the bottom of the drone uh, diffuses the light very well. It's very efficient in how it does it, um, and it helps with the color mixing as well. Okay. Where where are the lights? Are they on the side or are they are they underneath? They're on the bottom. They're on the bottom. Okay. Um, but they they curve so the it's it's a flat plate and then it curves up at about a thirty degree angle onto the sides, but it's only maybe a half an inch um on the sides so it can be seen from the side uh if you're if you're if, we'll just say that you're flying level with them you'll still be able to see them if you're flying above them you will not believe it or not you will not see them uh you have to be within a certain degree of that that bottom piece to be able to see it so um and and that actually falls into uh some of our uh our waivers that we have to get for them because the FAA is very stringent about having visible light after sunset and all that stuff. As, as we as pilots, we all know that. Uh, but for the drones, they're very uh, they're very stringent about it, and uh, it requires an extra waiver. And you know, not to mention the, the remote ID and all the other things that uh, that they're requiring now. So you you wouldn't happen to have one there? I you? don't. I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they were asking, can you show it? Just um, I well, I have the, I have the picture of the case. Give me a second. Let me pull this back up. Uh, I'm just surprised that you're able to rebuild that one that looked like a dead crab. Hmm. You know, I'm still going. Yeah, oh. yeah. It it was uh, it was not fun. <laughs> it took me. I want to say I spent probably. I had five drones to rebuild. It probably took me uh, 12 hours to build eight drones back from scratch. And that's literally pulling all of the electronics out of it and starting from scratch. So this is this is what they look like. Uh, this was in Lake Erie, PA. Uh, this, this show, it's funny, uh, funny story. This show actually never flew. Uh, we were set up and ready to go, but the winds were whipping. Uh, they were they were blowing 25 miles an hour at ground level, um, and we we pulled the plug. 
shortly after, actually, I think it was shortly after this picture was taken. It was probably within 20 minutes after this picture was taken. Uh, we pulled the plug because it was just too windy. But <clears throat> how do you do that for uh, the show? Like for compensation and stuff, you probably spend a couple hours getting prepared and ready and all that. Mm -hmm. Do you get well, there's a that time? The way that the way that we work it with our clients is um, we will, for the most part, we will try and reschedule for another day. And uh, that will allow them to find another event that we're that we're a good fit for and bring us in. Uh, and if not, then, um, you know, we'll we'll kick back uh, if they've paid, you know, 90 percent or 100 percent of the of the cost. Um, if we can't come to a another agreement on a, a show or a date, then uh, then we'll kick them back a percentage of of their um, their initial investment. Because you know, like you said, we we have crew out there that's traveled. Um, you know, food, lodging, travel that's 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 a thing. Uh, plus the the design costs and everything else because. I spend hours and hours and hours on design for these shows. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of time invested in, in those shows before we even get to the site. Wow. That's but, great. Um, any other uh, questions on the panel or is there any other questions in the super chat? Any questions on the panel? Yeah, there's uh insurance. Some of the big venues they'll have insurance for say weather issues and stuff like that do is can a person purchase insurance in the event that it will fail we, yeah we we actually uh we actually have that incorporated into our contract uh we have uh show insurance that uh initially the first year and a half that we were doing this we offered it we offered it as an add-on and uh, since then, we have changed our, our stance on it, and it's uh, now integrated into the overall cost of things so that that show insurance goes towards covering the cost of, uh, of our crew, our, um, our design work, our travel, our lodging, that type of thing, so that if the show doesn't go off, at least our, our bottom line expenses, our bare minimum expenses are covered for it. Mm -hmm. there, there, there's there's a lot that goes into these shows people don't realize you know uh i spend uh on average per year um i spent i spend quite a number of hours on the phone with the faa and local air traffic controllers and um you know filling out paperwork for uh notums and uh notices to local fisdos and everything else there's there's a lot that goes into it every every year and uh you know whether the show goes off or not it's all got to be done so how many man hours about per show goes into something like this i mean it, it seems like it's really incredible it's extremely labor intensive for sure um uh i've never honestly thought about that um <laughs> so let me give you let, let me put it to you this way when i do when i if i were to design a show from scratch uh with 100 drones let me think here for a second um i would probably put in 
at least 16 to 18 hours in design. Um, another hour and a half in FAA paperwork and, uh, and location organization and, and logistics. Uh, an hour and a half or two for crew management. And then on site, uh, we would get there. We typically get there about two and a half to three hours prior to showtime uh, to set up, program, troubleshoot, make sure everything's good to go. And then we shut our system down and wait until a half hour before showtime. Then we'll fire everything back up wait for all the drones to connect to GPS and do our last systems checks before showtime. Um, so we've got about, right. what's that? Ooh, pretty. <laughs> this, is, this is old. This was the original um, Mavic Pro. I hey mean, man, there's nothing wrong with that drone. I, in fact, I'm, wow, I'm actually kind of jealous. The battery's still got lights on. I can't believe that. Hey man. Wow. The thing's been Charger sitting up. in a cage for a year or more. Wow. And there still has 50% battery. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. So to to give you the, the short answer, um, you know, we've probably got 30 to 40 hours invested in a single show. Wow. And that that's then that show is only like you said, um a maximum of what 15 minutes? Yeah, 12. It, they average about 12 to 12 to 13 minutes. Um, 15 is on the high end. Uh, we only get a couple of those a year. Uh, we try and keep it between 12, 13 minutes, uh, just, just to have that extra buffer on the battery, uh, for safety. Gotcha. So, so I guess the customer pays by the minute. Mm, not really, that? not really. We, we, we try and we, honestly, we try and, we try and cram in as, as much as we can. And that's, that's one of the things that we do differently from uh, a lot of, of the other drone companies is they'll put an image up and they'll let it sit up in the air for granted. It'll be animated, but they'll let it sit up there for 45 seconds to a minute in 45 seconds to a minute. I'm getting two to three images in the air. I'm, I'm flipping between images. So they're, they're getting multiple images in the air uh in in the span of a minute you know they're getting three images maybe four depending on the on the design and how uh how long the the, the transitions are so um in fact let me let me do this i actually have my my design software up and i can show you okay that's pretty cool Okay. Why he's getting that, I wanted to show Sean this because Sean was talking about the parachute thing. This is called get her back. Okay. This is if the drone goes in the water, this actually pops open and it has a fishing string on it. And this goes to the top of the water. So you can just pull your drone back out of the water. So that's what this is for. I Got need to get the folks we have, but this is not to save anybody's life. It's so you can find your drone if it drowns in the water. <laughs> That's not the new flotation device. No, it's not. Yeah, this will not protect you on a paramotor. It <laughs> Fishing line. We got him. We got him. <laughs> I really it's I, not gonna, I, it's, that most you know, most new drones are waterproof and uh, they float now. Is that not true? No, that's not true. No. The the, the that won't save your drone, but it will definitely allow you to get your uh, memory card back. And that is waterproof. That is okay to 
to have wet. So man, I didn't put the cover back on it. <laughs> All right, so here's the software. Um, let me um, try and let me try and move this. There we go. Um, I'm gonna exit out of this screen. So this is this is what it looks like. You can see I'm flashing at the bottom of the screen. I have the audio on that. Give me a second. Let me get rid of that. <laughs> I can't hear the audio. Oh, okay. Can you enlarge it to so we can see it a little bit better on the screen? Uh, unfortunately, no. Okay. Um, I thought we had to pay to see a drone show. Cool. <laughs> so we got a, um, this was a sponsor. This show, this is the show that I did last week. And um, this was our sponsor. Uh, it's a company called Delivered. And uh, they put us behind a building. And what I thought is, okay, if I can have their, I thought it would be really cool if we had their logo appear from behind the building. And it did. It actually worked out beautifully. So this, this, uh, this design actually built and then starts ascending from behind the building. And uh, the owner of the company, uh, our, my company, was uh, standing next to the delivered sponsor. And he was blown away by it. He thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Nice. I just want to double check. We're not, you guys aren't able to hear the audio, right? I don't hear anything. Don't okay, good. Hear. I got music playing in my ears. I just want to make sure we don't get a copyright strike. No, I don't hear it. So we got a Sky Lantern. And then we got the moon. What size drone show is this? I'm sorry? What size drone show? How many drones? Uh, this was 75. Okay. So th this is a cool uh, design. I, I had a, I created a star curtain of just randomly twinkling stars. And then um, it was uh, U2's um, Sky Full of Stars. And when he sings, uh, I want to give you my heart, it reveals a heart in the middle of the sky in the middle of the star field okay and it, it just kind of pulses um and then we go into champagne glasses toasting and it was this is for a winter festival so that you know we try and stick stick with the theme we had uh you know frosty the snowman then we got a, a reindeer running reindeer jumping and then we get into an ice skate. So, and they actually had it like a little ice rink there. Um, sled going down a hill. Um, igloo. Little penguin. Snowflake going into and then revealing a snow globe. And then the, the township was uh, Upper Dublin. And uh, so we put the initials of the township and had snowflakes falling inside the snow globe. Oh, what that what that looks like on the design end is this. Ah, wow. So each image is a block. And 
it's all time the strings between each block are your transitions and you can go in and up here you can program the lighting for each one zoom in um so you can kind of see like i got in this group i've got uh 66 in white and one pulsing in different shades of red and if i click on that it will actually highlight that was the reindeer and that's the so the red is the nose of the reindeer that uh that was Let's see if I can find it in the, the design here. Did you have to go to school to learn this, or is this just something that you learned? And you this did... is this is all self-taught. Uh, the software was handed to me, and they said, "Here's your software." And I went, "Okay." And I spent about two weeks working on it. It took me about twelve hours to get the hang of. And it took me about six months to figure out all the nitty gritty details of how to make a, a show look smooth. Uh, so every, like there are certain things that there's, <clears throat> um, I was meant, I mentioned earlier that the, the drones have parameters that they have to stay within, like uh, their, their wind tolerances and their, they have tolerances for uh, how fast they can ascend, how fast they can descend how fast they can transition from side to side. Those are all parameters that I have to program into this software. And, uh, and I can double check all of that and it will double check my work and actually give me an error. Like right here, it has an error that says, Hey, you're going too fast here or you're too close here. You know, if the drones are too close, it's going to throw an error. It's going to throw a red line. So I have to go through and I have to find what's wrong with which drones and, and figure out a way to fix those. Wow, silence. Just looking at that. <laughs> just looking at that Where do you actually uh, test fly, do a, like a test run? Um, okay, so we have we have separate software that, uh, that actually double checks all the parameters. I punch in the parameters, tell it what's what's acceptable, and it'll go through this. This software exports into what's called a path file. Each drone has its own assigned path. It's a mission, basically. Um, if you have a DJI drone, you you know what a, a mission flight is. It you can program it to do certain points, and then come back home when it's done hitting those points. That's pretty much what this is. Um, and each how one of you, those paths. How do you sync the time between, like between your transitions, like you're showing one image to another and syncing up the music so that the, the time between that picture and the next picture equals what you have playing sound wise? So the software, uh, you guys couldn't hear it on your end. I actually had it playing in my headset. Uh, the The software allows me to import a soundtrack and we build the soundtrack with a five second lead in. It's five seconds of dead air before the soundtrack actually starts. And what I do is I create a, a countdown 
in the lighting while the, the drones are in their grid format and uh, they will flash three times and I will actually call out over a radio three, two, one. And that, that cue is for my, uh, my audio guy to hit play. And that's how we time it to match the exact start of the soundtrack in this, wow. in the design. Now there's another way of doing it with uh, actual time code, which is something that we're going to be exploring. We're going to be getting into more this, this year. And that's an electronic actual, it's an audio time code. It sounds like screaming in your ears if you were to listen to it. But uh, in reality, what it is, is it's an electronic uh, time marker for the software to say, okay, you should be at this point at this time and this point at that time. And it's just going down the line. And what do you call that? An audio what? It, it's audio time code. I got one of them at my house, I'm pretty sure. Screaming in your ear, you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot of questions in the chat, Sean. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and go through the uh, the questions in the chat. Thanks. Yeah, the uh, first one is from Tango Fly. He wants to know, um, is are you competing against the laser shows that are out there, like you know they have for Christmas? No, not at all. Uh, we are actually working in conjunction with uh, a couple of laser companies uh, locally that um, we've teamed up with for fireworks. And uh, they love the drones. They think they're awesome. And uh, they bring laser shows to a whole new level because it's not only just light shooting over your head, but it's light creating imagery in the sky. So we, we've teamed up with laser companies already and uh yeah it's we're we're really excited to uh to keep doing that and expanding our capabilities uh one of our goals this year uh we have a fourth of july planned uh that is going to be unbelievable it's going to be a drone pyro light show and it's all going to be time to music and it's going to be about 45 minutes long Holy smokes. It's it's an experience. It's not just a show. It's not it's not just entertainment. It's an experience. And that's what we're doing is we're bringing an experience to people. So you're going to use lasers for that? Yes. Uh, we have a company that we we've partnered with that uh, that that handles the lasers because that's again, that's another thing that that requires FAA approval and and waivers and all sorts of, you know, paperwork for Interesting. Is this something that anybody can go to and watch? Is there tickets available? I mean, how, how do you see something like that? Uh, a lot of our shows are public. Um, and uh, the best way to, to watch or find out where we are or where we're going to be is uh, to watch our, our Facebook page or our Instagram. We are on both. Uh, if you go to facebook.com slash Starflight Drone Shows, uh, you'll be able to, you'll find us and, and, Give us a follow and and we'll update you where we're going to be or where we're at. And if we're in your neck of the woods, please, by all means, come out and uh, hit me up on on Facebook. I'd, I'd love to have people come out and and show them around. In fact, uh, I had a guy this past weekend uh, who's local. He lives uh, in Lancaster area. He came out to my um, show this past weekend and uh, hit me up and, and I told him, hey, 
come on over, give me a call when, or shoot me a message when you get here and, and uh, come on back. I showed him where we were and um, he came back into the, the area and I showed him around and showed him the software and he, he loved it. So That's incredible. So uh, to make everything easy, I did put all the links down below uh, in the show notes. So uh, just scroll down in the description and uh, click the links, subscribe, hit those bell notifications and whatever else you need to do in those social media. So it's down there below. Excellent, man. Another question? Yeah, Will, more questions, Will? You had, uh, yeah, there are a couple more. John Wayne said that the drone shows on secrets of Skinwalker Ranch are awesome, or were awesome. I I haven't watched it, but I'm going to yeah, now. If, if you if you get a chance, look it up on YouTube. It's a really cool. That's actually a really cool show. Um, I actually know one of the pilots that was there. Um, I worked with uh, the guy works for another company. He's a drone drone pilot for another company, and uh, <clears throat> I spoke to him about that extensively. Actually. Uh, the Skinwalker Ranch uh, incident was uh, it was interesting. They had they, they were seeing things on their uh, on their software and they used the same exact software that I use. Uh, they, they were seeing things. They were seeing anomalies that uh, that they don't normally see. Uh, so something was weird there. That was that was definitely a, uh, a curious event uh, that happened. Hmm. It is interesting. But like what is like for an example, something so, like UFO ish or yeah, it was UFO. Uh, they were they were talking about uh, UFO stuff happening, and um, they were talking about uh, there was magnetic interference, and there was uh, they 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 started losing connectivity to their drones for no reason right mid flight, which is almost unheard of. The the system that we use is rock solid i personally never had an issue with uh connectivity once they're in the air typically they're they're just rock solid but uh they they had some really weird stuff going on there uh i'm but not quite sure what it Net was that's on netflix right it is yeah so what, i think what it's season and what show is that that, that uh, you're talking about that you're referring to if you honestly if you look up uh skywalker ranch on netflix it should pop up uh it should pop up in the uh the videos the suggested videos um you might actually even be able to find it on youtube i'm not sure because i know that's what they're skinwalker skinwalker Skin oh, okay. yeah. so, so there's um two seasons so do you know what episode there is it a specific episode it is a specific episode i want to say it was somewhere in the later second season um if anybody knows or, i'm sorry first chat, season first season if anybody yeah, knows if, the super chat just yeah if you know please put it in the super chat love to hear i i i i've watched it i just don't remember which one it was okay all right any other uh, questions will in the super chat or are we yeah, yeah uh so have you done uh, any drone racing? <laughs> and I'm sorry, I don't, I don't remember who asked that question, but that was... It uh, looks like John Wayne. Also, oh, no. It says it's season four, episode two, Who's Your Data? Oh, there's, oh, there's four seasons of that? Wow. 
That's what it says it's on. Season four, episode two. Two hundred drone light show experiment above triangle in the east field and causing major drone interferences, blah blah blah. I yeah. guess that's it, right? Um, in terms of drone racing, I've I'm not I'm not good with FPV. I've tried it and uh it didn't end well. <laughs> uh I I actually do uh I, I had a uh, pilot uh in my crew that was internationally ranked um in the drone racing world and she was absolutely amazing uh she came in for an interview and i asked her to bring her drones with her and uh she ended up i asked her i said hey could you i want to see you fly and she had her drone no exaggeration it was legit 100 miles an hour doing a flyby and it was terrifying and awe-inspiring at the same time it was just unbelievable how fast these things go um i am i am completely in awe in people that can do fpv it's it's not something i i feel like i can do i don't think i have the coordination but uh i have very much respect for people that do fpv i don't even so, think it's the fpv side well i mean it is the fpv as far as coordination goes because i i flew that mavic with one of those um goggles on that dji makes and i think you need to be sitting down to do that because if you're standing <laughs> up yeah, holy moly scuba you're also only doing 30 miles an hour with the mavic you're right right doing 80, 100 miles an hour those things are different oh i know the, the fat yeah the racing ones are crazy but yeah with the with even with the slow ones though it makes you so dizzy because when you're flying it looks like you're really flying so you're like moving around Mm -hmm. So moving around, but you're just flying the drone. It's it's nuts. I couldn't imagine going 100 miles an hour of one <laughs> slam into a wall for sure. Uh, we have any other questions? Yeah. So um, that credit for that last question goes to Tango Fly 22. So the other question from Sean Smith is: Do you have to have liability insurance? Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, liability insurance is no joke. Um, it's tens of thousands of dollars. I'm not going to get into exact numbers, but it's an ungodly amount. Um, and it's it's not different, much different than than fireworks. Honestly, uh, it's they're just insurance companies are are hungry and they want your money and. They're going to charge you what they're going to charge you, and unfortunately, it's uh, it it creates uh, it can it can create a very cost prohibitive uh, environment, and it makes it very difficult. So, um, if if drone shows, drone light shows, or something that you think you want to get into, uh, you're you're looking at uh, you could buy a house for what you're looking to invest. You know, a couple of houses, honestly, for what you're looking to invest in in this. And that's no, that's no exaggeration. Um, $500,000, I mean, is, is it, is a decent starting point for, for what mm. you're looking at. Yeah. That's, that's why those so shows cost so much. Y'all got to think about how much the insurance costs so they it, can do that show. It, it's insurance, it's initial investment, it's, you know, personnel, it's training, it's all, you know, there's licensing and, you know, annual, annual license, software licensing that's involved. There's all sorts of stuff. It's, it's, unbelievable how much stuff is involved in this it, 
Um, I, I, over the last two years that I've been doing this, it's just been very eye a very eye opening experience for me personally. So uh, I've learned a lot and uh, continue to learn a lot. So uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot to it. In fact, uh, since we're on the topic, let me um, let me pull up the actual software that we fly with. Okay, I saw that Linda took off her glasses a second ago, so <laughs> I means that we need to take a uh, a thumbnail. Quick. I was wondering why you. Oh, we need I... to do that. That's right. That's yeah, right. it is. It is eight o'clock. We've been talking yes. about drones for an hour, and it seems like it went by like it that. Did. Yeah. So. Yeah. Will, um, we yeah, are I was ready. wondering why they came up on the screen. Are you ready? Yourself. Yeah. One, two, three. We got it. You see our fireworks? Yeah, I saw. see the fireworks. Oh, yeah. I got yeah. them. <laughs> yep. I got it. Nice. <laughs> so this is the software that we use. Let me do this quick. So this is actually the, the location and the show that we designed, that we did uh, this past weekend. Um, this was 75. So we had them laid out just like this. And over, all of those, over all those cars? Yeah. <laughs> We had them lay, placed on the roof, on the windshield, <laughs> on the hood. <laughs> um, so this is what they look. This is what they look like. They're just laid out in a flat grid, and uh, you know they're they're a meter and a half. So it's uh, what about nine feet, give or take, between. And what these lines mean is th these are the levels that they're going to. So, so you can see some of them are going to the first, the second, and the third, and the fourth tier. So when they take off, they're actually taking off in tiers and they're gonna, the first group is gonna take off and go up to the first point and so on and so forth until they're all off. And then they go into the show, the actual show itself. So mm -hmm. this enables us to, uh, this is how we run the show. This is, this is the legit software that we fly with. And this is what, it, this is what I'm looking at when, uh, when we're flying. Wow, that's amazing. So you do yeah. everything from the computer. Yep. All this everything's everything standing in one computer. place and doing all this. Yep. When he when he said that this is what he looks like when he does the show, it reminded me of the Matrix where you know you just look at all this code. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's pretty much what it is. I mean, this is this is one screen, this is the other. You know, we're looking at stats, uh, our our takeoff time, our dance start time, how much time do we have till till we land. Um, we've got our 3D view, and then we've got our 2D view. Now, this is this is actually mm -hmm. kind of interesting. This is our um, so when we fly, this is our um, we've got three lines here. The inner blue line is the inner portion of our our show, the 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 outer perimeter of our performance area, if you will. And then we've got an orange line. And a red line. These are our geofences that I was that I had mentioned earlier. So the the orange um, is where the, the if the drone hits the orange, it it it'll sit there and it'll hold and it'll just hover. And then if it hits the red, the engines just cut out and it drops. And the reason that we want three hundred feet between us and the audience, 
and our audience was actually in this parking lot here. Um, the reason that we want the distance is because if, if we have a drone that's, say, back here, and it makes a run for it and hits that first fence, it's going to keep going. Inertia is going to carry it, and it's going to hit that second fence, and then it's going gonna, it's gonna to cut off. And then it's going to continue going because inertia is carrying it. And it's probably going to land, if not against the building, then just in front of. So we want to keep quite a distance between us and the audience and any any bystanders that are in the area. So we, we really we're really, really focused on safety. You know, we really want to make sure that our. Uh, anybody that's out there watching gets to enjoy the show and, and not have to take a trip to the hospital or have a Band-Aid put on their forehead because it got bonked. Wow. Yeah, thank That's goodness amazing. for computers because 75 people with remotes, there's no it, way they it, could it wouldn't it wouldn't end well. <laughs> it would not end well. <laughs> it wouldn't end well. Wow. That would be crazy. Oh my gosh. So do do you like um uh, all these drones? Do you, do you guys just get out there and set them down on the parking lot or whatever, you know, wherever you want them to go up? How how does that you know, you just set them down and get them all ready for the show. And then it's just amazing. How does yeah, that? What, uh, so depending on, on our location, it can be in a parking lot. It, it can be in a field, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, the drones that we that we have are uh, kind of short. Uh, they're probably four inches from the, the foot to the top of the prop. And there's there's not a whole lot of space there. So if you take that that drone and you place it in the grass, it's going to hit the grass and you're not going to be able to get it to spin up. Those oh, the props aren't going to be able to spin. So, so what we have to do is we have to put mats down on the ground that are, we, we use rubber mats and those rubber mats kind of give a barrier between the, the drone and the, the grass. Uh, but it also gives us the ability, if we have a rainstorm move in, we'll be able to go out, take the drones, put them underneath the mat and ride out the storm that way. And then when the storm passes, we'll be able to pull them out from underneath and put them back on the mats. How waterproof uh, are they? They're not. Oh, okay. Ours, ours in particular are not. They're, um, although I had a storm roll through this past July 4th. Uh, God, I had, it couldn't have been more than five minutes notice. We had a storm just out of nowhere. It popped up right on the other side of the mountain from where we were. And uh, I had five minutes to get not only 75 drones covered, but also my command center, which has laptops and portable battery packs and antennas and all that electronic stuff covered. Um, and we were to, to compound the problem, we were on slate. We were on a slate quarry. So the rain cooled instead of, draining into the ground or soaking into the ground it just ran off so all the drones under the mat were basically sitting in pools of water and to to make matters worse i had a uh i had the local news media there and uh they were they were advertising for us they they did a news story they interviewed me it was uh very stressful um but Bottom line, uh, when showtime came, I was still able to get all 75 drones in the air and uh, still got the show up. Yeah. 75. Was, yep. So 
How many do you normally put up? It, does it vary then, right, from show to show? How many it, drones you it, put up in it the can, air? it can depending on the, the budget of the show. Yeah, um, we've been doing seventy five. We just just bought another thirty, so we'll be doing a hundred this year. Um, I'm hoping by next year we'll be doing a hundred and fifty, and in in about two years' time, I'm hoping to be doing three hundred. That's cool. I, I like how you said that it's not just that you want to make it an experience for people. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Instead of well, just having little random things up in the air, you want to make yeah. something that they'll they'll always remember, right? You know, like, right. And and like that's Disneyland. The thing is, it's it's something new. It's something that most people haven't seen. Um, yeah. I actually, I have a video of it. Uh, we did a, a show at a golf club. Uh, a country club and uh, if you listen to the audio there, there was no soundtrack for that particular show but uh, if you listen to the sound the audio for that video uh, you can hear people guessing the next image and uh, when the image actually pops up they cheer we can hear that and that's oh, that's what makes it that's what makes it worthwhile for me is hearing the audience cheer and uh and and you know the, the little kids calling out oh it's a it's an ice cream cone or it's a you know yeah. it's a car or it's a it's a penguin whatever whatever the case may be it, you know it that's it, it's engaging to the audience it, it brings them into the experience and it you, you get a good soundtrack to tie into it and it really ties everything together so it, it it's awesome it's a it's a great feeling to have that that interaction that kind of interaction with the audience because it so means that they're happy invested birthday in it. up in the air mm -hmm. or, whatever yep. and with sure. the cake and all that stuff yep. kind of thing. i've we've done a couple of weddings as well which is fun um i actually have a uh, a wedding program that i'm working on currently uh that is um going to bring the bride and groom into the show and make them part of the show um, oh wow i'm, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to divulge any information, but uh, we're hoping to be able to incorporate that into some of our uh, wedding packages this year so that uh, we can we can bring those uh, the bride and groom into the show and make them part of it and really give them a a personal experience with uh, with with drone light shows. So. OK, so that's interesting that you said um, the wedding thing. So who would use this drone show obviously weddings um corporate but but who else would use it i mean it sounds pretty interesting um i mean communities it's 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 kind of the same market as fireworks uh anybody that uh that has a celebration that if you have the money the space and the time time to uh to devote to making it it happen you know we'll we'll do it you know it, it, the biggest thing for me personally as the uh, the lead pilot is I want to make sure that my my LZ is good and that my airspace is good. After that, the rest is gravy. You know, as long as the uh, the client has the money to make it happen, we're we're there. We'll be there. How much does it cost to do a show? Um. So our our seventy five drone shows uh, are seventy nine fifty. Um. Our Hundred drone shows are going to be eighty nine fifty, starting at eighty nine fifty, and that's that's a starting price because if if you want customized images or three uh, D images or anything like that that require 
additional resources. Uh, we have we're gonna we have to find uh, 3D artists that can that can design these because there's very specific parameters that have to be followed. Um, it it costs a little extra. So, so you already have images that you can use already. So if they mm -hmm. stay with that, we keep yeah. the cheaper prices. But yeah. Different. You got to hire somebody, and are they on your staff, or do you have to hire somebody that's not on your staff to do that? It's somebody that wouldn't be on our. That's not on our staff. I'm. I'm actually. I'm actually in the process right now of trying to find a 3D artist. Uh, so if anybody out there has uh, experience with uh, Blender, uh, Blender 3D, that uh, is good with uh, 3D design, uh, find me. Hit me up. I need an artist. <laughs> Okay, well, let's say that somebody is out there and wants to join. How do they get up with you? And, uh, you know, how would they apply? Uh, secondly, what if we want to uh, set up a show? How do we get up with you and how do we apply? Uh, easiest way to reach out to me is ryan.ross, R-O-S-S, at starflightdrones.com. Uh, that's my email. And uh, I, will, I will get back to you. I'm usually... I can usually get back to you within an hour or so of, uh, of you sending me a message, if not less. Uh, I've gotten back to people within a matter of seconds. So, um, yeah, uh, hit me up. I'd be happy to, to help uh, help your celebration happen. And uh, we so actually that actually brings up a really good point. Um, we the the two weddings that we did last year were surprises uh we were hired by uh the father of the groom on one of them and the father of the bride i think on the other and the bride and groom did not know for either one so we were able to come in set up test and fly and they had no idea that we were there until the drones were in the air. So that's that's one of the things that uh, that we kind of specialize in is making sure that if it's a surprise, we keep it low key and we keep it within the necessary channels so that uh, nobody outside of that knows. Very uh, so cool. Any other questions in the super chat? Uh, there was one question from Tango Fly Twenty Two. He wanted to know if you get a discount if you mention PPG Grandpa. Ooh, <laughs> I might be able to work something out. Oh I might goodness. be able to work that out. Um, yeah, hit me up and uh, and I'll see if I can get you a discount for sure. You, uh, you know what? I was thinking know, about the drones, but I don't think this is possible because, I mean, I think the LEDs are going to work the best, but there's no way to incorporate, like, the neon paint on the drones and a black light to light up the drones to where they glow in the air. You know what I mean? You would have to have yeah. a drone that has, a like, an ultra, a black light on it, and then drones below it that light up from the so paint. Ultra ultraviolet light that's used uh, in for black light or that that is generated from black lights uh, does not have the the range. It would have to be a very specialized light in order to do that. Um, the wavelength doesn't travel well right. uh, because yeah, of, because of how yeah it it black the 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 UV doesn't travel well so yeah it. 
I think it would be possible, but you'd really like they'd have to be really close. Like you'd have to have a ground level type show, which is possible. It's absolutely possible. But at that point, if you're painting your drones, why not just turn on the LEDs? Yeah. We had a question earlier and I did not see it. Have any of you seen it? What is it? Can you re-ask it, Deweese? I don't know. I just oh. that's what she said. Give oh, me a second. Do the drones ever break while in flight? That's kind of what you were talking about, right? With the break in flight that you lost or whatever. Okay, so yeah, we we haven't had any break in flight. We've had collisions in flight. Um and we've had some that had uh, electronic issues because of uh, electromagnetic in interference and radio interference. Um, the but in terms of just breaking, like an arm, like one of the the arms that holds the prop breaking, no. They these things are. I've dropped these things from three feet, and they they take it. These things are unbelievably tough. For being 3D printed, they are incredibly tough. I'm I've been impressed time and time again with how tough they are, to be honest. How much do they weigh? Um <laughs> I I weighed them once uh a while ago just to see if they fell under the 280 gram. So the FAA has a 280 gram ceiling on on weight before you have to register them and all that. Mm. And uh, they were like 30 gram with the battery, they were like 30 grams over. So, yeah, every single drone has to be registered with the FAA, which is another $5 fee for every single drone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Never thought of that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. Like I said earlier, there's a lot to these things. There's a lot of uh, yeah. requirements and there's a lot of stuff that you have to maintain. and and be uh, vigilant about, you know, like that registration has to be done every two years. So okay. stuff to, a lot of stuff to think about. Somebody oh. did a video, I can't remember who it was, with uh, where they would run the drone into a wing. Who was that? Dang it. Yeah, I saw that too. I don't remember. Where. I, I remember that one. Yeah, so Tony was asking if a drone could take out a, um, a paramotor. Oh, I know who it, it was. Is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he's got they glasses. They did it into they did it into a wing, and then they also did it into uh, a prop that was spinning. Yeah, that's right. Um, 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 um. Was that? Did Avery do that? That video? Yeah, Avery flies. I think that's um, yeah. 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 That is it. Avery flies. Yeah, well, Avery did last year or something, or the year. Yeah. He yeah, did Avery. one, but Greg Anthony Harris did one. That's it. That's the one. Oh, the okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was impressive. I I uh that was eye opening for me. That was really eye opening for me. There's um, actually and, a couple. I did. The, I think there's a new one here. Where it was from a year ago, and the one one I saw would have been just before that. So, fly mm -hmm. flying Brian. Hmm. He's got I've one. Seen that one. Yeah, so that is interesting. 
Um, but, but, hey, to answer your question, I don't know if you've ever flown, but if you've ever, I mean, and gotten a bug in your eye, that's enough to take <laughs> take out a freaking oh, yeah. pilot. So I can imagine what a drone could do. And I was very, uh, I was very surprised. Um, the I had the owner of the company out with me one day. Uh, we were doing a test flight, and uh, I, had, I had a weird anomaly. I had a drone that uh, didn't want to didn't want to land after I sent the land command, and uh, it was hovering a couple of feet off the ground. And I said, "Just grab it," and he just sandwiched it between his hands and it ended up catching uh kind of like the webbing between his thumb and his finger his thumb and uh it it cut him it oh, cut yeah. him even these tiny little drones they it'll cut you they're no joke the, the blades are sharp uh they don't look they don't look intimidating but believe me they will do damage I used to catch, I used to, when I was getting my drone, I would use, let it hover and get it lower, mm -hmm. lower, 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 and then I would grab it. I stopped doing that because the, it, I did get cut. For yeah, they, they'll hurt you. Mm -hmm. They're no joke. And Mavic and has got the, um, the radar sensor. So when you bring, you bring your hand from the bottom, it'll raise up. It's like, yeah. damn it. Yeah, you got <laughs> to You got to kind of hold it and, you know, slowly. Right. <laughs> sure, but let me give you, let me give you a little trick on that. So you bring it lower than you want it, yeah. and you slide your hand in from on, from the side, and you grab it. If you do it, if you reach and grab quick, you'll be able to grab it. If you if you go slow, that's when it 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 reacts. Right, it but you you go slow because you're like I don't want to hit one of them props. So you're right. going in slow, it, and then it raises. Yeah. If you, that's what if happened you, to me, I, then you go fast and you overshoot, and then yeah, that's when all heck breaks loose. <laughs> well, that's why I said you reach in from the side. If you reach in from the side and grab it and then flip it upside down, yeah, you, you physically just flip it. That'll kill the motors automatically. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah, that's I always suggest, motor if you turn it upside down. Yes, if you turn it upside down, it'll kill the motors. But you've got to grab it from the side. If you grab it from underneath, it's going to react and it's going to it's going to climb. Interesting. So now we know. Don't try to sandwich a drone when it's hovering a couple feet up, right? Don't no, do that. don't. <laughs> that, that'll hurt. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, wow, that's so much information. <laughs> I didn't realize there's so much that was involved with uh, a drone show. And that's and, why it costs so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the original, um, the, the original cost of uh, starting up a company like that. That's crazy. Yeah. It's not cheap. Does, yeah. I, I just want to know, does Dale have any fear of heights? Oh, no, no. I, I work construction. I look up a scaffold. Oh, well, you're good, man. You, <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother and well, not my, I guess my son-in-law. No. I don't know what he is, but he he is scared of heights and he works construction out on the um the docks and he's scared to climb a ladder. You can't, it's like he, yeah. Well, like Sean, he won't even climb a ladder. Nope, won't climb a, <laughs> nope, won't be on the top of a house. Won't climb he, a, he'll fly he, the, that's what don't make sense. He he'll fly, but he won't climb a ladder. What the hell? Well, I, I contributed to this, all right? So if there's a big, steep hill and you're in your car doing 80 miles an hour, do you feel afraid at all? No. But if you try to do the same thing on skates or a skateboard or something like that, 
you're going to feel, oh, hell no, I ain't going to do that. So I'm, it's feeling secure. And in a paramotor, you just feel secure. I'm right there with you. I, I feel your pain. Uh, I have a, if, actually, the, the group of guys that I fly paramotors with, um, if you ask any of them, I've asked them a few times, are you afraid of heights? How many of you are afraid of heights? And out of the dozen guys that I fly with, I, I would say probably eight or nine of them all say that they're terrified of heights myself included and the reason that i fly paramotors is partially because i don't like letting my fears take hold of me and i i refuse to let them control me so that's part of the reason that i, I love flying See, so much. you just you just nailed it when you say i refuse to let my fears control me because basically I think the whole thing with paramotors is, and a plane or anything like that, you want to be the one in control. If you're flying the paramotor, you're in control. That's why psychologically, I think it's okay to when you fly a paramotor because you you control what's going on. Uh, and when there's bumps, you're not in control of the bumps, and that's why you're afraid of bumps. Yeah. <laughs> and now we know everything. Yep, now, we know. now we know it all. We don't need enough. <laughs> We've talked about this is this topic that's been talked about a lot, not just in our circles, but a disproportionate number of all pilots are afraid of heights. That's just the way it is. I don't know, mm -hmm. and myself included, but I can still get on a ladder and on a roof and stuff like that. I'm not, yeah. um, and I suspect it has something to do with the fact that <clears throat> you're taught over and over and over again, altitude is your friend. Right. And so you have a healthy respect of mm -hmm. the, you know, the altitude and your height. So, yeah, it's just not an not an abnormal thing. That actually reminds me of a story. Um, I my first flight in a paramotor was a foot launch tandem. And the guy that uh, took me up wasn't certified. Um, that was mistake number one. I didn't know that he wasn't certified. And you know what they say, what you don't know, you don't know. Um, and my first experience was going up and we were up for maybe 30, 45 seconds. He turned into the wind at maybe 10, 15 feet off the ground and we were headed right towards the hill and we couldn't climb. We couldn't mm -hmm. climb fast enough and we ended up driving ourselves. He ended up driving us right into the, into the hilltop and I ended up fracturing my ankle because of it. And right. on... I hobbled my way back to the car and on my way home, I swore I would never let somebody else have control when I'm flying. I said, the next time I fly, I will be in control because I know what to do. I know that I shouldn't have flown in with the wind. I know that I shouldn't have turned into a hill at a low altitude. You know, I, there were, there were mistakes that were made that, that I knew better. And, uh, and after that, I, I said, you know what? I'm not doing a tandem with somebody that isn't certified ever again. And uh, I, I, if I'm going to fly, I'm going to fly on my own. Because if something happens, it will be my mistake. And I will know why I made that mistake or what happened. So that was, sure. that, was, wow. uh, that was my first exposure to paramotors. You're with lucky. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very, very lucky. And it wasn't, and wasn't, uh, wasn't worse. I know what you talk about. Oh, go ahead. You're talking about like the fear factor, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I 
you know, when I went on my first tandem, for me, it was more of stepping out of my comfort zone, stepping out of something that I wouldn't normally do. You know, I was almost like challenging myself. Um, you know, maybe two years ago, I would have been like, no way, I'm not going up in the air. But you're yeah, a wild child. I got there and I was like, <laughs> I got to do this. You know, I just, I, I have, I got to do this because if I don't, I'm going to be mad at myself or whatever. Was I nervous? Sure. You know, first time getting up there and doing that. But that, that was the whole thing for me was just like stepping out of that comfort zone thing and, and getting up there and just doing it. And, and now, now look at you, Linda. Myself. <laughs> now look at you. Yeah, I, think I know. I was like so proud of myself when I did it, you know, did, went up in the air like I did. And and then, you know, then when I got in the show the following week, I was like, now I know what you guys mean. You know what? <laughs> now I know what you what you guys are feeling when you go up in the air, you know, and um, that's another thing, too. I just wanted to know what it was all about. And now, like I said, in May, I'm going to go back to Torch and I go back up in the air again take another one so yeah anyways. i think with paramotors altitude is your friend on the ladder i don't think altitude your no friend. i don't like ladder <laughs> <laughs> it's more time to contemplate on the way down that's all yeah <laughs> well i'll, yeah, tell, I'll tell you what tandems tandem something that i haven't done since that day and it's something that i've i've wanted to do with somebody that i know and i trust sure. so it's on my it's on my list it's on my list for this year i'm hoping that uh kenny from uh pennsylvania ppg can take me up because he's a buddy of mine so uh, i'm hope yeah I'm, i really want to i want to get back up and and experience flight without being at the controls and having to worry about all of the stuff all of the things see then uh, i want to hear after you do that because that would be another case where you wouldn't be in control. So does it make you scared of heights when you fly tandem where you're used to having control? And then now he's going to be flying. So does it make you scared all over again? I want to know if you feel scared. Mm. flying. Well, the him. thing is, too, you know, he just said that he trusts the guy, too, which is different from the other guy. Right? That's true. So, that's true. Because when you trust the pilot, you trust the pilot. That's a that's a really good point. Um, I will let you know, Steve. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, I will. Now you're going to be thinking you know. about it the whole time you take off. Like, I, I'm done. Am I scared? It's going to throw you all <laughs> off. I shouldn't say anything. So, so I, guess, so I guess the big question is, um, what do you think about uh, Amazon drones? Those have me worried. Um, so a couple, uh, a few years ago, when we were just getting started in the company, uh, we went, the the owner of the company and I went to a, uh, we went to a, a drone convention down in Florida. And there were a bunch of companies boasting Vivloss, which is uh, beyond visual line of sight capabilities. And, you know, they're, that they're, they're working on getting the, the Vivloss situated and and getting their approvals and and they've got the technology this and that and i went up to every single one of the stands and i said what are you doing about manned aircraft that aren't broadcasting for uh avoidance what are you doing about that and they said well we haven't quite figured that out yet that should be a big figure it out type of thing. Yeah. 
that was but this is two years ago but even still and i was like how how are you looking to get your VBLAS certification without having avoidance technology built in and even dji and, basic drones have that put in I yeah mean. exactly but the the difference is the these delivery drones are flying at a higher rate of speed than your your average you know consumer drone is going to be capable of so these guys are flying between 60 and 80 miles an hour in a with a 100 pound uh drone at 400 feet and if they're in a congested area they're just flying a path they're not paying attention they have they don't necessarily have the sensors and that's what honestly as a drone pilot and as a ppg pilot that's what worries me is uh, especially if it comes to to the area that i'm in because we have amazon warehouses everywhere around where i live and it's just a matter of time before they start flying and when they do it's going to kill us as as drone as uh, ppg pilots we're not going to be able to fly so I mean, I, i'm wondering the whole way amazon was doing it is they're not going to be like delivering to people's houses they're going to deliver to one of those amazon the designated workers. areas yeah right so it, it'll it'll limit the amount of area where they have to go but i still think it's yeah it's going to be a problem regardless the so they're probably going to have what amazon drone um airways right so we'll probably see that on sectional chart amazon drone airways and just like the airways that we have you know for uh for commercial air airlines you know maybe we'll just know where they are we just stay away from that particular um you know airway yeah i think they're going to end up I think in the long run, that's what's going to end up happening is you're going to have designated flight paths that they're going to maintain or stick to, um, which will be beneficial as long as the PPG pilots are conscientious of it. Not all of them are, and it's going to take two or three incidents. And I think that's when the FAA is going to step in and be like, hey, you guys need to have a minimum altitude of 500 feet, and they're going to start restricting little by little they're going to start restricting us. I that's that's my fear. Hmm. I'm I'm hoping that they just have their airways and they put it on, you know, the uh, sectional charts and they say, you know, um, these are the airways for drones. Stay away from these airways from drones. You know, maybe they just make it a a particular. You know, maybe it's a. a um a class D airway type of thing where we have to stay away from that type of thing. I hope that they don't let us, I hope they don't make us where we have to have a minimum of, you know, 500 feet, but just maybe 500 feet away from these airways, which I would be perfectly fine with as long as I right. can just get down low and slow and, and foot drag. Right. And that's, I, I, I echo your, your, uh, your thoughts as well. I feel the same way. I hope that, uh, that we can work around each other and, and make it work, but we all know that there's always some knucklehead out there that just they buy equipment off, you know, off the, the Internet and they go, hey, let's give this a go. And they they just run into the air and go without any regard for any of the, the legalities of it. And we all know that there's people out there that do it. Um, oh, shoot. But, you just said that you had a guy that did an illegal uh, tandem. So, I mean, there's people that do that, too. Yeah. I mean, I think they know better. I hope they know better. I mean, how can you not know better? Well, sometimes they're just 
common sense isn't so common anymore, right? That's what yeah, they say. I, that's the truth. I agree. So, Jason Werbelo, hope I'm pronouncing that right. He says that his he had his first tandem from uh, his trainer after 34 foot launches on his own, and it was so stress free, such a cool different experience. And my experience with with tandems mimics that. I mean, every time I every chance I get to go up on a tandem with somebody I trust, that is the key. Somebody you trust. Um, it is just like the second best, I guess, that I've ever felt in the air. The first being flying myself, you know, with the uh, on the paramotor. The second yeah. would be with because you just get to relax and sit back, yeah. especially if you're flying with a group. That is awesome, man, because you get to take it all in, you know. So, yeah, I would. Yeah, agree. I'm looking forward to, to being able to do that. It's uh, it's high on my list of things to do this year. So hopefully. On a trike. Yes, on a trike. Yeah, foot launch is out. I, I don't like foot launch, period. <laughs> yeah, it's well, not for me either. I'm nothing against it. It's just it's not for me as a tandem. Or a tandem. I, I agree. I mean, you know, originally, uh, it wasn't that long ago, uh, as far as years-wise go, um, tandem was only foot launch. They did not allow wheel launch. So when they finally allowed the wheel launch, well, every almost everybody immediately stopped flying, you know, tandem foot launch because it was so dangerous and so difficult to do. When you're on a, on a uh, on a trike, you just sit there, you know, you take off and you fly. You come in; it doesn't make any difference if you have a a motor out. You can come in at any direction and land at any speed, and you know the safety has really improved with tandems on wheels. So I agree, tandem on wheels is the way to go. Wow. This wow. is a tandem foot launch. I'd only want to do it on the beach where you got that consistent wind and you really mm -hmm. don't have to take a step. That'd yep. be the way to go if it was a tandem foot launch. But yeah. I'd rather just go there and just sit down. Yeah, do you know, the they strap thing. you in I mean, everything yeah. and just go. I yeah, I'm not much I wouldn't be good at foot launching anyway. You know, my short little legs and everything, that would just be that'd be a mess. It'd be fun yeah, to watch though. <laughs> Linda, I want to wingtip bump you when you're when you're doing your uh, tandem. What's that? I said I want to do a. Uh, you want to bump your kids? Oh right. gosh! I still didn't hear what he said. Say it one more time. I said I want to do a, a a wingtip bump with Linda when she's doing tandem. Oh, <laughs> that, that, there you go. That, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. I would be. Yeah. I, I'm sure I, I would probably just be yelling at the top of my lungs like I normally do. Yeah, I get up there and I'm I'm not like one of those. I mean, I I grab onto the bars, you know, and then when I, we finally get up, um, you know, we're up in the air or whatever. And then then I start I start yelling, you know, this is so cool. I love it. I'm not one of those just to sit there. Oh, look, at it's so pretty. No, I'm like that the wild child up there, you know, <laughs> it's like. Poor Eric, you know, he's got his, even if he was talking, I, I'm sure I'd never hear him because I'm just, you know, I'm so excited. I'm yelling up there. I think I learned that from Robert because I'd watch him fly and he was always like, when you watch him fly, he's always like, yeah, he's always yelling up there and stuff. So 
Yeah. Well, we, all, we all know when you go in tandem because we can hear you all across the United States and Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And the second time when I went up, I was like so excited, you know, and I was yelling and saying, saying uh, hi to my daddy oh, you know, up there. And, and because I knew he was watching. And yeah, it was pretty emotional. It was pretty cool. And then, of course, I got really brave. I'm way down. I'm like, let's do a touch and go. And let's do this and that. You know, so. <laughs> so we'll uh, see. We need, I've been talking so much. We haven't had a chance to do the spinning wheel. Um, we, we, we figured that you were probably going to take over the show. So we, we're not doing the spinning wheel. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we knew you. <laughs> uh, which yeah. also reminds me, too, guys. Um, if you have anything that you want to give. Um, away on the show, uh, let me know. Just give me a text, 501-747-3558. Let me know that you have something to give away and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll put you on the spinny wheel. Uh, we'll advertise whatever you want to advertise and uh, you know it'll help out you guys and it'll help us out because we can give away some cool stuff on our show too. So let us know if you have anything that you want to give away. Um, Ryan wants to give away a drone apparently. No? Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> just one man i've got one i can give you but it ain't gonna be any use to you <laughs> yeah. Parts. Yeah. pieces of parts there you go that's pretty yeah cool. you put it up on the wall it would be cool over at the school um yeah i'm hoping uh my goal this year is to hopefully get in with a uh a fly-in i really really want to do a show for a fly-in that's that's uh that's kind of a high goal for me this year but we'll see we'll see very interesting are you gonna make it over to uh to the run into the sky um eclipse flying i will be there um okay. i'm in the process now of working out logistics for that and uh <clears throat> as soon as i get those nailed down uh i will get you dates that i will be down and uh yeah i'll be down at the Run into the sky, fly in for the solar eclipse. Uh, if you're if you're gonna be down there, come find me. I'll be there, and uh, I'd love to meet people. I love meeting new people. So uh, I'll also be at the Aurora fly in, uh, Jersey Shore Airport in uh, Jersey Shore, PA, in August. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's another uh, fly in that I'm I'm. That was my first fly-in last year, and I had the most amazing time. And uh, I'm really, I got to meet a lot of really, really cool people, and uh, it was it was a really eye-opening experience for me to uh, to get to see just how great this community is. So I'm I'm definitely going to be doing it again. So if you're in the Northeast and or and or planning on coming up for it. Uh, please do uh, come find me. I'll be around. Sounds so, excellent. Angela Crosslick oh says you should uh, do fly it for Gage because you can use it as a tax. <sighs> mm. If I could, believe me, I would be there. Um, unfortunately, the timing doesn't work out. We've already got the show scheduled during that time frame, so I won't be able to make it down. Sorry. Always next year. One of these days, man, I'll make it down there. Uh, I I've got uh, pilots that I'm in. I'm still trying to finish training, and once I get my pilots trained up 
to uh, to take the wheel. Um, I'll be able to step back and let them do the flying while I uh, go enjoy myself and fly. Oh, okay. So is this like your, so this is your drone business as such, and then you have all, all, you have all these people you're training that work for you? Is that how that works? Or you just have one team that goes out and does the shows? Right, right now it's one team. Uh, it's not my company. Uh, okay. I am just the, I am the lonely manager. I'm the one that just, uh, you know, organizes everything for the owner and, and makes it happen. Okay. And, uh, and I'm the, the lead pilot as well. So I, I, I push okay. all the buttons and, and make all the things happen. Okay. Uh, but once, once these guys are able to, uh, once I sign off on these guys being able to do it, uh, they'll be taking the reins and, and I'll be able to step back and let them do it. Let them have some fun flying the shows and making some money and, <laughs> and, uh, and making people happy. And that's what it's all about. So. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Wow. I really commend you on everything that you do for that. Oh, that the business, that's amazing. Thank amazing. You. Cause not everybody can do that, you know, run drones like that. Um, yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. It's pretty it's cool. Very it's very specialized. There's, there's a lot to it. And I've, what I've only, what I've shown you tonight is just the, it's just scratching the surface really uh, of what, what's involved in it. So there's, there is a lot and you know, we ask a lot of our pilots, they have, they have to have their, their 107 certification from the FAA and, uh, and there's hundreds of hours of training involved. So yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah. Wow. Oh gosh. Well, I wish you the best on all this. Uh, you know, I think you got a good year coming up and yeah, I'm I see very excited for this cool year. things happening got, here. Yeah, we got some really, really cool shows coming up this year. We got some uh, some stuff on the books already that's that's going to be very exciting. We got uh, a, a show on the lake, uh, on some lakes, and we got a couple of shows out by uh, on the the eastern side of PA, uh, out by the Great Lakes, and um, we got some. We got a show. I think we got a show down in Texas. Uh, we got shows all in upstate new york we got shows all over the place so yeah busy year ahead yeah that's cool so if so you don't see me if i'm not on here it's because i'm working we understand we understand hey sean king gook america is asking about your flying if it's adjacent to sun and fun and sun and fun is from the 9th through the 14th your event is from the 5th to the 8th so how convenient is that it's very convenient. However, um, we, uh, we looked on the schedule and we had a student that already pre-paid uh, for a specific time from the 16th into the 24th. So unfortunately, won't be able to make it to um, fly for Gage. Oh, well, I meant for, for Kangook. Yeah. So oh, for Kangook, yeah. Kangook, yeah. But yeah. also, too, um, we found out that we won't be able to make it for uh, for Flight for Gays because I really wanted to make it this year. So, oh, we'll be, yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, it'd be really great to be able to um, to to be down there in Sun and Fun, meet up with uh, a lot of people because I mean, I think Sun and Fun is going to be really huge um, this year. So, who? Yeah, who's all going to be to, uh, going to Sun and Fun? By the way, anybody here on the panel? Yeah, hit, uh, hit us up in the comments if you're going to be there. Who is? 
I said, hit us up in the comments if you're going to be there. I'm not, I won't be able to make it, but if you're going to be, if you're going to be there, let us know in the, the super chat. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will be there. Um, well, hopefully we can set up a little, a little tent or something and, uh, you know, um, bring some stuff over to give away. And um, we're hoping to, to, we're hoping that we can hit all these different fly-ins. I'm going to even try to get to uh, Bad Apples, what that's in, what, May? May? Yeah, so I'm going to try to do May. Real um, man go to fly up for Gage, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, sword to shore or spring fling. No, um, fly for gauge is coming up next month. I'll be going to that, and then let's see, May is spring wing, and then the same place is in September is called Soar the Shore. They just change the name of it. One of them's in May, and one of them's in September. So it's usually up, right around the same time as Bad Apples. But where's fly for gauge? Flight for Gage is the 21st through the 24th. Yep. Next yeah. month. Yeah. Next month. So, awesome. Bowling Green, Florida. You won't want to miss it. John Wayne, John Wayne just put in the guest chat. He said he can give away one of uh, one of his hats. He messaged in the guest chat, guys. Uh -huh. Thank you, John Wayne. Okay, that's cool. So um next okay. week we can okay. we can give away Thank one you, of John. Awesome. Love you, man. Yeah. It's very nice. Very nice though. Yeah. Did you see it in the chat? I'm I'm running to it right now so I can take a peek at it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Let me that see is what cool. I think it is, because he's got some cool looking stuff. Yeah. Um let's go ahead and uh I, I guess screen share it. I mean, I don't think that he'll mind screen share it since he's gonna do that. So yeah. Um no, not yeah. nice. Official John Wayne headgear. Look at that. <laughs> nice. I like it. That's cool. I'm surprised it's not a cowboy hat. <laughs> he goes, no, the cowboy hat just just way too expensive to go away. So we'll give away a ball cap. That's really cool, man. That's really oh, cool. Man. I didn't know that you had your official um, um headgear out there. That's awesome. Yeah, Linda Kramer, she won that. She won uh I forgot. Whose show was it? She won a hat, won that that hat. And uh, I don't know, maybe it was Robert's show. I can't remember. Or Jade's, I can't remember. But somebody won a hat. I think Linda, yeah, Linda Kramer won one of his hats. The yeah, other next so. What's so great about Flyer for Gage? Seriously, Tony? Tango? No. <laughs> Who's messing with who here? He's going to be there. He's oh, flying yeah. all the way from Vegas just to go to fly it for Gage. And this I said, he said he's going to bring his help, too. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chatters, for hanging with us tonight. Yeah. I didn't get to see your names tonight, but this was fun. Oh, you got one of them, Kramer? One no fair. Got what? I guess one of John Wayne's hats. Well, that's cool. Yep. John Wayne, I want one of your hats so I can sport it around. This thing, my my Marine Corps hat I've been wearing for years is getting ready to, you know, maybe hit the the the, the wall. Put it on the wall of fame. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah, don't you dare throw that hat away. You hang that up. Put it in a big up. Uh, put it in like a cubicle thing. You know, pres preserve it. Absolutely. Yes. 
Yes. So we've, we've been sitting, we've been standing here and, you know, trying to stay up here. This is a really, this is a, you know, it's like that wall on uh, what was the show where they had that one. Yeah. Home improvement. Yeah. So we could be. Yeah. Ryan, have you 3D printed a prop balancer? I haven't. Um, I have there, the file. Yeah. You know, I, I got the file. I was just wondering, was it any good? Because I, I got a prop. That I'm gonna try to repair next couple of days, and I, I was like, I still need to print the freaking thing so I can balance it. Okay. Yeah, it shouldn't take long is, to print. It is almost eight, uh, almost nine o'clock. So anybody uh, on the panel need to leave? Yes. At ten. We need to leave too. Early comes really early in the morning. So if it's all right with you, we can uh, say goodbye to everybody and head on out. Sounds Let's good. Say okay. early comes real early in the morning. Yeah, early comes really early, <laughs> especially oh, if we're here when we get up and an hour before sunrise so we can go fly. Hey, one more plug for Fly for Gage. In all seriousness, it's going to be a blast. March 21st through the 24th, you're not going to want to miss it. And if you live in the Southeast, check out the uh, Southeast Paramotor Group on Facebook. Love to have you. Oh. Boop, boop. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Will, for the picture. Glad yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. And yes. uh, had a great show. Thank you, Ryan, for, for um, yes, Ryan. all about this. This has been really awesome. Um, uh, learned way more than I thought I was going to learn on this show, you know. And, you know, this show that's supposed to work. be one hour long really seems to go pretty quick for just two hours. <laughs> I mean, I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. This was my pleasure. <laughs> it yeah. seems like only one hour, but it really takes it's a lot more than just one hour. Yeah, so thank you, pleasure. Brian. It's always very interesting learning about this stuff. Very interesting. Well, hopefully one day I'll be I'll be able to get you guys out to uh to a show. So it's uh it's it's quite an experience. The first time what the first time you ever see a show, um what I recommend to my friends that come out is Hang out, watch the launch, and then run as far back as you can, as quick as you can, so that you can actually see the show because that's where it's at. And then once the show's over, obviously you know you want to catch the the landing. It's the launch and landing for me is the is the uh, the creme de la creme of the of the drone show world. It's it's the coolest part watching them drop into formation and land because uh, we're doing staggered takeoffs now, so we're we're doing different layers. It's it's just it's so cool. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. If uh, if you can get out, by all means, please hit me up, and uh, I'd love to uh, to have any of my paramotor friends come out and see it. Uh, I'll I'll give you the the two cent tour if you come yeah. out. So very cool, very cool. So I'm just putting a heart out there for all my all my chatters. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Yes, tonight. thank you guys for coming out. I appreciate uh, everybody that showed up. And my team, thank you, Ryan. We appreciate you. My pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Uh, so y'all have a great evening. Um, it was really awesome that we um, were hanging out here. Um, uh, my name is Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. We got Dale over here. We're going to be flying soon, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that, Dale. It's going to be good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. He's, That's he, exciting. Hopefully he'll be able to 
Hopefully he'll be able to run to the sky yeah. really soon. Uh, we got Linda Anderson. She helps us out. She's our PR girl, not only for here, but for our official nonprofit run to the sky.org. Uh, we got Will Fly from Will Fly PPG. He does amazing YouTube videos, and he's also our treasurer over at run to the sky.org. Um, we got our very own Jim from Canada A from Care PPG and Care PG. Dot com. Go ahead and check that out. And if there, you see something you want or you got want something printed, tell them that, hey, I've seen you on PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast or I've seen you on Paramom's Podcast because, you know, it's Linda's show too. And uh, he'll hook you up with the 10% off. Ryan Rides, awesome uh, show tonight. He said, hey, you know, if you want to be on, if you want his show, he said also too, um, if you say mention PPG Grandpa, he might help you out. So, <laughs> you know, PPG Grandpa is a, is a great is, is a great thing to say. Say it everywhere, every day, all the time. We also got our Scuba Steve from Paramotor something that I don't remember now. <laughs> paramotoroutlaw.com will take oh man he's an outlaw so he does a show every uh friday so make sure you go check him out at paramotor outlaw linda you got a famous uh, son right so what's your famous son do he does something famous on thursday right what's that paraglidingchalk.com with your host robert michaels my awesomest son we always have a lot of fun on his show so make sure you check it out on thursday night paraglidingchalk.com and you can hang with Sean Nasfer and Anthony Paringo, his team, and Scott L. They're all awesome. I love their show every time I'm on there. And I had to laugh because the last, when he had, you know, the, he, the last show he talked about Flying Circus. And I said, yeah, how many times did my name come up, you know, when uh, people come up and walk up to you? He, The poor guy, he didn't even have a name. All they do is they look at him and they go, oh, hey, I know you. You're your paramom's son. <laughs> and Robert was like, you know, mom, I don't know if I like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's, yep. a, he's a very likable mama's boy. That, that's good, though. Hey, you know, when it's you're always, a celebrity, yeah, really you know, like mother, like son. For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Much love. I love you guys. All right. Appreciate Thank you very you. much. Y'all have a great evening. And uh, blue yeah, skies. Tomorrow. And um, yeah, Shane never trust. Oh yeah, Shane never trust the skinny chef. Shane. Oh, okay, so oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, motor hangout. No, it's called Tuesday night hangout. Tomorrow, eight p.m. YouTube, and to get there, just go to ppgshane.com. We'll find out together yeah. tomorrow. Tuesday night, oh, just want to fly. Be there Shane. or be square. Get on yep. there. <laughs> yeah. Age five, so you can find her paramotor girl. So yeah, there's yeah. shows all week long. I mean, from Monday yep. to. You just make sure you're 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 in and uh, or if you're flying you you, you got um, a good internet connection and check us out when you're flying because the summer's rolling around so can't it's, wait yeah. for uh for all of us to run into the sky and uh go fly and enjoy it right guys y'all be safe i know wednesday the the weather's supposed to get kind of dicey up here so um we'll see Y'all can keep it up there because I'm supposed to get. Hey, yeah, stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thanks yeah. Ryan, Ryan Rides. Thanks again, Ryan Rides. We appreciate you, buddy. Right. And we'll see you all, I guess, uh, next Monday here on People's Your Grandpa's Paramount Podcast. Have a good one. Bye, guys. See ya. Peace out. <laughs>